Hey everybody and welcome to episode one of My Sentiments Exactly. My name is Kay and I'm your host. Season one is all about recovering from religiosity and I'm excited to have a special guest, Zaria Hudson, with me on the show to join the discussion. Today we're going to be talking about three things. Whether it's a sin to not attend church every week, what turns people away from church, and the millennials' perspective on church. MSE Podcast is dedicated to talking about the hard stuff and facilitating the conversations necessary for growth, healing, transformation, and genuine community. Now it's your turn. My hope is that you finish this episode feeling empowered to continue the conversation with those around you. One way you can do that is by purchasing the MSE Podcast Conversation Starters Deck, available at bygracenp.com. May these cards inspire you to speak out and be heard, and may you be authentically embraced for the uniqueness of your journey. So, Zaria, yes. is it a sin to not attend church every week? Why or why not? For me, I don't believe that it is a sin because as long as you have your own relationship with God, I don't believe that church validates whether or not you're, you're a Christian or anything. I believe that church is for the use of guidance mm-hmm. um, and a way to guide you is good for spiritual uplifting to go to it if you can go every week, but not going doesn't make you any less of a Christian or it's not necessarily a sin, I don't believe. Okay, so you say, like, it's helpful and it's necessary, like, if you can go, but if you decide, for example, not to go one Sunday so you can just rest, or if you want to go to the beach, or, <laughs> like, would you say that that's, that's wrong? No, I don't think it's wrong, because some people may fellowship with God different days. I don't think it should be said necessarily, I have to go every Sunday, but you need to take time out to fellowship with God that you can have a stronger relationship with him. Gotcha. Yeah, I agree. So basically, God isn't limited to the four walls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, and even if you go to the beach, for example, like, you can worship God through just exploring the beauty in nature, mm-hmm. I believe. So, um, yeah, I definitely think fellowshipping with God in some way um, is, is helpful to and well and beneficial to your relationship with him um personally i don't think it's it's not a sin um i think sometimes we get burned out <laughs> trying to go every sunday and and really you know or whichever day you worship um i think that sometimes we impose our personal beliefs on other people so um, for example, like there may be members in the church that will get upset if you don't go to church, but that doesn't mean that God is upset, if that makes sense. Like, yes, I, I definitely agree with that. Like just the way you, I feel like the, your relationship with God is personal and is 
is different from different people. Like every individual has a different way they have a relationship with God. So for you, if it's going to church every Sunday or if it's fellowshipping with God every day of the week, whatever, that's for you. But for some people, they may feel another connection with him another way or feel closer with him doing different things. Yeah, that's so true. Um, do you have, like, a, maybe, like, an example or two of, like, ways that you feel outside of attending church every week? Because some people might be wondering, like, well, if I don't go to church every week, like, what is some stuff I can do? Like, how do you feel like you connect with God outside of, like, going to church? Like, I just take personal time, like, for us to have conversation. Like, you know, whenever I have, feel like, okay, I have nothing else to do. or not necessarily I have nothing else to do. I feel like this is a good time for me to go step outside of what I'm normally doing, whether it's schoolwork or work, just sit still. I might go go outside and sit on my balcony or, like, like you said earlier, just enjoy nature. I'm, I love nature. So I'll go outside. I'll go walk around or do anything, like, in that when I feel like I need time to myself, I might even drive around, like, after work versus coming straight home, just so I can have that time alone to be in my own thoughts and have my own conversation with God. I feel like, for me, that's more personal, and I use church as a resource. So, like, if I'm not clear about something, I can use, like, church helps me clarify things that I'm not sure of. Yeah, that's so good, using church as as a resource. Because I think, like, when we come together to worship, it's supposed to be, like, a continuation of what we already do in private mm-hmm. versus, like, the only time that I worship or spend time with God is when I come to church. Yeah, so I think, like, people get disappointed when that's the only worship that they have throughout the week versus I'm coming as an extension of what I already do. Like I'm on. So Yeah. That's perfect. Like a perfect description. Like it's just personal. Like it's whatever what everybody feels like you should do. Don't let your, what you do or how you fellowship with God don't let that be based on what other people tell you you should do or what other people are doing. Yeah, that's good. And following the convictions that you have, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I I definitely think that's important. So, what do you think are some things that turn people away from church? Um, I know everybody says a lot of times, but feeling judged, like from um from me, I feel like that when I go back home sometimes, or if I were to go to the church that I went to growing up. It would be, well, where you been? We ain't seen you in so long versus just receiving me and allowing me to hear the word or allowing me to come for, like, whatever reason I may be there. Because everybody has their own journey throughout life, so you never know what someone has went through or what someone has overcome. So just I feel like there should be more acceptance in the church. And I'm actually allowing people to come as they are. A lot of people don't feel like they can actually come as they are because of judgment within the church. Yeah, that's so true. And, like, in regards to, like, the first thing that you mentioned, like, being so focused on all the times that you weren't there mm-hmm. that they aren't appreciating the fact that you're here now. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, and it's, it doesn't always have to be anything wrong either. Like, yeah. for example, if you're away at school, that doesn't mean that just because you weren't attending your home church that you weren't 
in fellowship with God. Yeah. So like we equate church attendance with a relationship with God. <laughs> but yeah, and that's what I feel like that's what a lot of people feel like because everyone, because there are so many different ways to fellowship now, like you can access, technically you can access church on TV, you can access it through yeah. podcasts, you can access it through like just different streaming networks. So not everyone feels like they have to actually go in fellowship. I mean, yes, you should make time for God, but everybody's lifestyle isn't set up where they can get up Sunday morning and go to church, like in the real world. Like everyone doesn't have that set up. So I just feel like as long as you find a way to fellowship. And then so I guess that might be a way, reason why people don't attend church as much or they that might turn them away from church because it's, because of life, like everyday life keeps them from it, but yeah. that doesn't necessarily mean they're not having their own time with God or fellowshipping with Him. Yeah, I agree. And then, like with the second thing you were saying, um, not feeling accepted, especially, mm-hmm. um, like, would you say, as far as like dress is concerned, or you know, you should dress a certain way or you should act a certain way when you go to church. Like, what do you think it is that people don't feel accepted? Like, I mean, in church and out of church, like, okay, people do, like, people have lives, like, outside of church. And sometimes people allow what they hear or what they think a person is outside of church and then judge them once they're in church. Like, well, what they're doing here, they do this and that and the third outside of church. Would they come in here to talk about God? Would they want like they don't have a relationship mm. with God? Basing like just being over judgmental about things like you have you don't know what I'm going through like you don't know yeah, what I'm through. like you don't know why I do the things that I do or what I'm dealing with. So instead of trying to help me overcome things that you feel like aren't necessarily right for me or I shouldn't be doing, you want to judge me. Got you. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. So true. And at the end of the day, we. We don't have a right to judge. Yeah. Everybody doesn't live their life by the Bible. And some people feel like you should live your life word for word by the Bible. And some people don't. But just because one doesn't, doesn't make you any better or make them any less. Got you. And, like, what do you mean by, like, living by the Bible? Versus, like, you know, like, studying the Bible every day, living their lives word for word, like, going to it says you're supposed to fellowship with church, with God. You're supposed to do things. People take it literal. I feel like sometimes people, some people use the Bible as literal and some others use it as a guide. Yes, like a guidance, like not to be taken literal, like to be taken into interpretation. Got you. Like, for example, like tattoos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that's that's one of the things a lot of people say, oh, it's a sin. Don't get a tattoo, you know. Um, and they try to use, like, for example, Leviticus, the book of Leviticus, to try to, you know, back up their reasoning as to why you shouldn't get a tattoo, not recognizing or even acknowledging the fact that in Leviticus it was talking about, like, pagan worship. So people were cutting themselves to, like, worship idols. Mm-hmm. So it has nothing to do with a, <laughs> with people getting tattoos, like, if you're not doing it in idol worship, that's what it was yeah. talking about in Leviticus. You know, so that's just one of the many things that people try to use. And honestly, 
I feel like that ruins people's view of the Bible. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas it's a it's a sacred book and it really is a beautiful way to connect with God. It becomes mm-hmm. this taboo thing that I'm not holy enough to touch that book. Yeah, that's exactly how I felt for a while. Like I went through a mm-hmm. period where I felt like I wasn't supposed to. Like the way I live, I feel like the way my I lived my life wasn't according to the book or wasn't according to what people felt like I should be doing it. So, got you. I shouldn't. Why learn about something when I I don't live that lifestyle and I I don't think I'm trying to live because what my ideal what a, of a Christian was wasn't realistically what it was. Because I'm used to I was used to you go to church you read the Bible you live your life a certain way you don't. Like, okay, just for instance, growing up, we I grew up in the church before. Like, you know, I grew up in the church. We went to church on Sunday. We went to Bible study. And, like, mm-hmm. there were kids there who I felt like knew the word. Like, they knew the Bible. And I didn't feel like I knew the Bible. Like, it yeah. wasn't something that I couldn't quote the Bible the way other ones, like, other kids were. But it was yeah. that I don't feel like, and then that kind of, like, growing up, it was like, okay, Am I a Christian? Like, the, I'm not. Gotcha. I don't do the same things. I don't live my life the same way. This person who says they're a Christian, I don't live my life that way. So, mm-hmm. does that make me less of a Christian? So, I went through a period where I felt like maybe I'm not. Like, maybe I'm not a Christian, but I'm glad I overcame that and decided yeah. to go my own relationship based on what I like. And I interpret the Bible my way. I read it and I interpret. I don't use what other people say as a reference to what I feel that is speaking to me in a different light, basically. The Bible speaks to different people in different ways at different times. Yeah. Yeah, and at the end of the day, we can't impose our our personal beliefs on other people as if it's what God is saying. Mm-hmm. Like, just because I don't like your outfit doesn't mean that God doesn't. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think that's a mistake a lot of people make. Like and it it ruins people's perspective not just of the Bible but also of God. Like people, mm-hmm. like what do you mean boldly approach His throne? Like I'm not boldly approaching nothing. <laughs> you know, because He's just gonna judge me. You know, and honestly, that verse scared me for a while mm-hmm. because of how critical and judgmental church people are. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, if if they're so critical and and nitpicky, and even as a as a preacher kid, a PK, mm-hmm. everything you do is under the spotlight. So, if they're judging every little move, I breathe wrong, and it's it's just, oh Lord, we got to make it a news headline. So why am I going to boldly approach His throne, right? You know, and I started imposing like the way other people were on God. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, you know, that's something that we we need to talk about, especially because it's so prevalent in our generation. Yeah. And a lot of people say, well, oh, well, you just don't want to live, you just don't want to live right. You don't want to, you know, uphold the standard. But if we really talk about this, we can get down to the heart issue. You know, it's not some like, I don't, really feel that people in our generation are so much wanting to be rebellious, but I do think that we are discovering God 
and even Christianity for ourselves. And what I mean by that is sometimes we we miss out on our own personal relationship with God and really having that unique relationship with him because we are trying to live, we're trying to have grandma's relationship <laughs> with God. Or we're trying to have, you know, pastor's relationship with God and we never get to developing our own. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. So I definitely think like dressing and also um just using the Bible in a way that it's not intended to be used. Like mm-hmm. it's supposed to be a, a a a sword in the sense of like spiritual warfare, you know, and really battling against the enemy. Mm-hmm. But people are using the Bible as a sword to cut people. Yes, to condemn. Yeah. And that that I believe is not that's not of God. Yeah, that's not what he I don't God's about. Well um so yeah, I, I agree those things do turn people away from church. Um so what would you I know you said you, you grew up in church. Um, and you kind of touched on how that affected you um, growing up. Um, what would you say is the millennials' perspective on church? Aside from, you know, we don't feel accept, accepted, you know, is it just a negative view or is there a positive or, you know, of course, pros and cons? I think it's both. Um, a lot more millennials have, I believe, are doing more research for themselves when it comes to just religion in general. So I don't think, I think less millennials are classifying themselves as Christian only because Uh they agree with the principles of many religions. And I I don't know, because I find myself researching, because I mean, there's nothing wrong with knowledge. Like the more you learn, the more you want to know about different religions or there's different your history in general because mm-hmm. Christianity isn't the only re- religion that's been within and it's the black community. So there, I think just more people are doing more research. I don't think people are necessarily moving away from Christianity as like a lot of people like to say. I think people are just finding their own journeys when it comes to spirituality. Got you. So you'd say there's a difference between religion and spirituality. Yes. Got you. Got you. Yeah, I uh, one of the articles that I was reading on on this topic was saying that people are identifying themselves as nuns, like N O N E S. Um, and it's basically them identifying themselves as having no affiliation with any religion whatsoever. Um, and I, I thought that was interesting. Had you heard about that before? I've never heard of that terminology um, okay. I've heard of people saying they don't associate with any religion, but I've never heard of it being called none. That's new to me. But yeah. that's, the information itself isn't new because that's kind of what I was touching on as far as doing different things. Mm-hmm. So, or like just experience or trying to like research different for that matter. 
Got you. Yeah, I I personally think when it comes to researching other religions and other like practices, um, a lot of people try to make it seem like you, like I said earlier, rebelling. Mm-hmm. But you know, my personal experience, I didn't feel like my faith was solidified until I started doing that research. You know, not saying that I I was never really, like, looking into practicing another religion, but I was open to learning about them. Um, And I think that's important because, for example, if someone comes to you, um, for example, if we're supposed to, um, for one, like, spread the gospel but contend for our faith, if we don't know, like, how people can challenge us, how are we supposed to witness? That's a good point. How are we supposed to witness? You know, and honestly, some of these other um, religions know our Bible better than we do. Yeah. (laughs) You know, so I feel like if you never know what else is out there, then you're kind of living in a box. Mm-hmm. And so I don't necessarily feel like our generation is rebelling so much as it's we want to be solidified in our faith. We want to be support. Exactly, exactly, exactly. It's the only thing you've ever known, ever been exposed to. You don't really have a, have an option. So when everything mm-hmm. else comes out, it's like, oh, oh, that looks new. Let me go over there to that. Mm-hmm. You know, so, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Um. I, I totally agree with that. Um, another issue um, regarding, you know, millennials and church mm-hmm. um, that I found is that the church was inadequate in addressing issues that were important to our generation. Do you yes. agree with that? Yes. Like what um, What are some of the issues or topics that you feel the church doesn't address that they should address? Hmm. Mm. <laughs> I mean, millennials are just more cautious of people as a person, and I don't think the church necessarily focuses on people as a person. Yeah, as a number, like depression. Like you cannot yeah. tell grandma you're depressed. You can't tell, or you can't go to the church and really talk about mental illness because we're going to pray on it. Oh, girl, yes. And yeah. it's like, okay, I understand what you're saying, and I understand you're you're coming from a good place, but you have mm-hmm. to realize that it's going to continue to happen. It's going to continue to be in our community if you're not doing something else about it. You can't just pray on it and go to sleep if you're dealing yeah. with depression because you can't sleep. Or exactly because you can't stop thinking about what's going to happen next. Or if your yeah. prayers are being heard, your anxiety and your depression is, it might be what's pulling you away from Christianity because you're getting yeah. into a hole. No one's listening to you and you're trying to go to the church for help, but they're not giving you the help that you really need because they're just telling you to pray on it. And 
if it was mm-hmm. that simple, I'd have been, I'd be okay. Like I would exactly. Like if it exactly. was just for me to pray on it, I can pray all day. Exactly. Not, that's truly not going to help me in this situation. So exactly. I just, and it's like we become so focused on being deep mm-hmm. that we forget to be real and authentic. Mm-hmm. Like it's not even like to where you can pick up on things and discern stuff. But me personally, I went through depression um, my eighth grade year of middle school, and no one picked up on it. <laughs> you know, so it's just like we can discern all these spiritual things and we can pray and we can fast and we can do all of this, but when it comes to practical things and and the things that are seen as simple, mm-hmm. like we can't pick up on that. Yeah. But I feel like that's more important. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, and I, I feel like just in a general topic, mental health is something that the church doesn't address. Yeah. Like you can't be depressed because the joy of the Lord is your strength. <laughs> You know, and, and even though that sounds good, like practically what? <laughs> you know, and we have all these cliches. Yeah, and we have all these cliches, and it, it brushes off the real issues. Mm-hmm. It brushes off the real issues. Like, do you feel like it's mental health is something that should be incorporated in churches, like whether it's like programs, like how do you think we can address that? I definitely think programs are important. I also just think giving someone assurance assurance that it's okay to admit that that's that you have a problem. Like imagine having a mental breakdown on Wednesday and you decide to go to church and the pastor says something in regards to mental health saying that it's okay and that you it's okay for you to get help. Like, uh-huh. that's going to give yes. you, that's going to feel like weight off your shoulders because you feel like, okay, I maybe I'm not the only one dealing with this and I'm a Christian, so it's okay for me being me being a Christian or me have, feeling like I have a strong relationship with God. It's okay for me to seek help elsewhere. Exactly. It's okay for Christians to have counselors and therapists. Yes. <laughs> yeah, or like if I come and I'm dealing with depression or suicidal thoughts, that's not the time to cast it out. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't cast <laughs> you can't cast out depression and suicidal thoughts. Like that's that's not the time to demonize we can't demonize um mental issues. Yes, cuz that's that's not a demon. That's something that someone is struggling with. Exactly. Exactly. That that's real life issues. With. They want help. So everybody coming together to lay hands on them isn't going to do anything. It's not. It's not. And I feel like we don't – I feel like that's a, that's why a lot of people are dealing with depression and, and mm-hmm. suicidal and even pastors mm-hmm. have have ended their lives. And, I mean, I just feel like when are we going to talk about mental health and really put in practical measures to, to deal with it instead of trying to pray it away or, or talk it away or, you know, try to cast it out. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I just, we've forgotten to be 
real and authentic. And in some sense, we lose sight of the fact that we're human. Yes. Like, yeah, we're Christians, but we're not God. We're going to have issues that we're going to deal with, and that's okay. Like, that, that just because I'm I'm dealing with depression, and I'm, I'm going to church every Sunday, you know, so it, it has nothing to do with your status as a Christian. Like, mm-hmm. oh, well, you're a bad Christian because you, you know, you're dealing with depression because you haven't been to church. Like, it, it's not even that, but I feel like people equate it to that. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just not healthy. I think a lot of times people forget that it's not their job to say whether someone is a good or a bad Christian. Yes. 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 I totally agree. I totally agree. I think, like, other um, – another topic that isn't discussed in churches is um, sexuality. Like, yes. Um, and that's even – talked about sexual sins like pornography like Mm -hmm. you know adultery (laughs) you know stuff like that like these these real issues and it's it's the same as yeah let's just lay hands and cast it out but these people need practical ways not to go over to his house and not to go over to her you get what i'm saying Mm -hmm. like we can't just pray that away like, if you're going to say that something's a sin or that something is not pleasing God, at least have a practical way to to deal with it. Because we can go to church, you lay hands, you can, you know, cast it out. But then when they leave church, they head it right over to so-and-so's house. Right, because <laughs> they still got that same feeling. They still yeah. just like, okay, well, I'm going to just keep it a secret now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then there's no there's no space to even talk about it, or you're gonna be you're gonna be judged. That's that's what it is. You can't talk about it because it's something that you're not supposed to do until you're married, or you're not supposed to do at all. So you can't really get guidance on something because if you even mention the topic, it's we you don't need to talk about that. You don't, you don't yeah. need to be, like that's not something that needs to even be talked about. Well, yeah, or I'm we're not even gonna be happy that you brought it up. Yeah, We're just gonna focus it's, on the fact that because you brought it up, all oh, that means you're doing something. <laughs> no, I have questions about it, and yeah. now I can't get my my questions answered. That's where people go and start doing experimenting for themselves because you're not they can't get the answers from anybody. No one wants to talk about it, so I'm gonna find the answers out for myself. Got you. Yeah, yeah, I agree. There's a lot of a lot of taboo topics. You, know. you can't say not to do something and not be ready to tell someone why. Yeah, or how not to. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like, I can, you know, people can understand, okay, yeah, that's a sin. But practically, I don't know how to do that. Yeah. You well, what did you, like, I'm, like, what did you do to prevent yourself from Yeah. Doing? And then you start asking questions like that then. <laughs> It's too personal, and they don't want to answer it because they know themselves. They too have done the same thing or had these mm-hmm. same thoughts. Yep, but because I'm on the other side, I'm gonna judge you as if I never went through it. Yeah, got you. Yeah, that's so true. That's so 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 true. So, you know, besides programs, is there any way that you feel that churches can reach millennials? Um, honestly, just being more open. I think it's time for 
a change as far as who runs churches. Like there needs to be more more mm-hmm. pastors running churches who have more realistic ideas of what life is like for people in today's age, and not someone who's trying to be grandma's pastor. Gotcha. Be relevant. Most of people are. They're solidified in their Christianity. Like, there's no time. You can't tell them anything about it. <laughs> but if you're trying to reach new people, if you're trying to connect to the newer population or the new, like, just the new age people that you want to reach, the ones who aren't coming to church, you need to be more open to discussing different things. You need to be more open to accepting different types of people because, it's, again, it's not your place to judge someone. But if someone who isn't necessarily living their life the way you think they should, it's still not your place to turn them away if they're seeking guidance, if they're seeking yeah. the word. If your purpose is truly to spread the word, you can't pick and choose who you give the word to. So you should be able to modify it so that your message can still be delivered to people you want, who you want to hear it. Because yeah. no, it's not just grandma anymore. Exactly. Make sure you can speak to the person who has to bring grandma to church. Mhm. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And it's and nowadays it's this you can't sit with the mentality, mm-hmm. and it, there's no family aspect. Like if we're supposed to, people are joining the family of God. Like we need to have a a family attitude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, but if it's us versus them, and when I come, you know, when an unbeliever comes in the church, mm-hmm. it's as if you can't sit with us, or you got to sit on this certain pew. Don't you dare mm-hmm. go over here, or what do you have on? They mm-hmm. don't feel like they're come when they extend the invitation. Don't expect them to come up. Yeah, and it's like we don't know why anyone didn't come up to be saved because there is no. I don't feel like I'm being, I'm joining the family of God. Right. You know. Like that. Oh, I like a family reunion every time you get together. It should feel like yeah. You're not talk about your family, so you shouldn't sit there and let someone else in the church talk about another church thing because in that setting you should feel like it should feel like family, where we're here exactly. to help them, not talk about them, not judge them, not make them feel less than. You need to lift them up so they know they can overcome whatever they're going through or whatever you feel. Again, whatever you feel should be exactly. Changed. And even with the family reunion aspect, like if someone new is coming into the family, mm-hmm. like you welcome them in. You try to like, yeah, this is how we do it. Feel at home. Like don't worry about it. Like make yourself at home. But when it comes to the church family, that's totally different. Mm-hmm. Like we don't make people feel welcome. We don't. We're gonna invite you into the family of God and then expect you to know how to do it. Or expect you to change so that you can fit in. Yeah, we don't let you, like, go through your natural process, let let the Lord change you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, okay, now you're in the family, uh, you need to do this, 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 this. Like, but in a natural family, you know, it's like, oh, well, we usually do this or, you know, we do it this way. Mm-hmm. But we just automatically expect for people to know how to be Christians as soon as they as soon as they get into it. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think that's I don't even think that's biblical, really, because yeah. I mean, even the disciples, like at the end of Jesus's ministry, they were still asking, like, "What did you mean by such and such and such?" Like they still, and he was like, "How long have I been with you?" <laughs> 
you know, so to expect people to have it all together and to understand every single thing about Christianity as soon as they get into it, like some of us will will die still not knowing the fullness. Yeah, because you just we can't we can't even grasp, you know, the fullness of God because of our our humanity. Mm-hmm. But to expect someone to know every single thing and to you know dot every i and cross every t that's just unrealistic that's just unrealistic and jesus didn't cast them away like oh well, you should know by now so i'm done with all y'all <laughs> you have to you be know, open but, to answering questions the exactly, hard questions exactly exactly and honestly zaria like that that was my motivation for this podcast because like i feel like there are a lot of topics and not even just on religion, but I did want to start with religion, mm-hmm. um, that we just don't talk about. Like, there's no open space for us to ask questions, but especially when it comes to religion. Mm-hmm. You don't ask. That is forbidden. Like, you don't. you just don't believe it. Exactly. Don't just believe, because I told you. Yeah, because <laughs> that's what the Bible says. <laughs> yeah, and like, you you feel guilty for asking questions, and then you have to go through this faith crisis when you get out on your own. Because what Grandma said, that's not, you know, she told you, yeah, he going to heal everybody, and he going to do it all. And then you have a family, a family member that he doesn't heal, and now you're going through a faith crisis because Grandma mm-hmm. said that he's supposed to heal everybody. Mm-hmm. And that's just one example, but it's just these times where we've been told, don't question God. He he could just do it because he's God. Right. Like when you face with real life issues and it's your family member that you want healed or, you know, it gets personal. Oh, yeah. You don't get that job you prayed for. You don't get the promotion. You don't get into the school you wanted to get in. Then it's, well, there's a plan for everything. Yes. God has a plan for everything. That's not what you were saying when you said all I needed to do was pray about it. Yes, it's just like all I had to do was pray about it. Thank you. Thank you. And then it's just like, well, does he not want good for me? Like, this ain't sin. You know, it's not evil. Why didn't he want me to get the job? You know, so it's just a lot of stuff that we don't we don't feel comfortable asking. But I wanted this podcast to be a place where we have an open space to just Mm -hmm. talk about the hard stuff, the difficult stuff, the taboo. Mhm. Yeah, yeah. Like for us to just and and the thing about it is, um. Well, I you know I was I was thinking, especially with with undergrad because I had to deal with a lot of tough questions, um, majoring in Christian ministry. So mm-hmm. you know they're asking stuff like, if you know, Jesus is equal with God and did God die on the cross and. If he's sovereign, why does he let bad things happen? Like, really tough stuff. Yeah. You know, and for one, like, I realize that sometimes we don't want to deal with the tough questions because we don't, we're not ready for the truth. Sometimes it's it's to where I'm not going to deal with that hard question because the truth of the matter, like the fact that he doesn't always heal everyone, 
I'm not even going to acknowledge that because that'll make me waver in my faith. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Mm-hmm. So it's like we we avoid the tough questions because we're not solidified in our faith enough because there's still that that dilemma with trusting and serving a God that you have never seen. Yeah. You know, so we can be saved. We can go to church every Sunday. We can have it down, spirit-filled. But at the end of the day, we're humans that still struggle with the fact that we serve a God that we have never seen. You know, and that keeps us from dealing with the hard questions. Mm-hmm. And then another reason I believe we we avoid the hard questions is because we are so answer-driven. Yeah. But when it comes to God and the things of God, most of the time, because we can't grasp God and, and, and his fullness because of our minds, there won't always be an answer. And just and in life, just, there won't always be an answer. Thank you. And we just can't reconcile with that. Like, so I, so their thing is, don't question God because, you know, the fact that there might not be an answer, you don't need to question him. No, but my thing is, there is no answer. Exactly. And honestly, that's, that's the cost of seeking him. Like, when you seek out someone, when you're in a relationship with someone and you're trying to get to know them, what do you do? Ask questions. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I can't say that I'm seeking God with my whole heart if I never ask questions. I can't even ask him his name. Like, I can't. Like, what's yeah. the next step? I can't, I can't get to the next step because we can't break down the ice. Like Exactly. 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 And it wasn't until I started being okay with asking questions that I grew in my relationship with God. And I was closer to him than I had ever been simply because I asked questions. Mm-hmm. And my thing was that's the beauty of faith. Faith is not denying the tough questions and just kind of living in this false reality. But the beauty of faith is knowing that there are contradictions, knowing that there are times where we will not understand God, but I'll still serve you. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like that's the beauty of faith, is knowing these contradictions, knowing what people use to try to challenge Christi- Christianity, and still saying, I get all that, but something in me won't let me stop serving you. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the beauty of faith to me. That's honesty. Honesty will keep someone longer than just shutting them down. Exactly. 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 So, yeah, this is all the stuff we talked about, I believe, is, is necessary. So necessary for us to start talking about. And, you know, my whole thing was, even if we don't talk about it in church or from behind the pulpit, this can be a platform where we can talk. And I feel like if I can at least sow a seed, start the conversation, that's that's what I want to do. Yes. That's what I want to do. Start the conversation to influence people to make more, have the conversation more, and be okay with asking the question. Exactly. 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 
So is there, like, anything else on this topic that you wanted to share before I wrap things up? No, I just want to make sure that everyone knows it's okay to do research. It's okay to go around your journey a different way or go about it a different way and do what's best for you. I think that it's best, like, it's important for everyone to know that that their journey is their journey. Yeah. Yeah, your journey is your journey, and you shouldn't be afraid to ask questions. Mm -hmm. Shouldn't be afraid to ask questions. So, yeah, thanks so much, Zaria, for being a part and just for sharing your heart on this topic. Um, I feel like we, we talked about a lot of necessary things, and I hope this frees a lot of people to have the necessary conversations um, and to really embrace the journey that God has them on. Um, so, yeah, thank you again for being a part. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I enjoyed it. Yeah, so thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Um, and you can follow Zaria on social media, um, connect with her as she continues being a light to our generation. All right. Did you enjoy this episode? I'd love for you to continue the conversation with those around you. One way you can do that is by purchasing the MSE Podcast Conversation Starter Stick, available at bygracenp.com. Be sure to leave a review on one of MSE's listening platforms, share with a friend, and join the My Sentiments Exactly podcast community on social media at MSE Podcast. The podcast is available for listening on all major streaming platforms, bygracenp.com, and on my mobile app. Hope to hear from you soon.